Hallelujah. I had an opportunity to speak to a church sometime this um, afternoon or evening. And um, the theme they chose after I was done speaking, um, it dawned on me that it was an important theme that we have to bring clarity to. Somebody say clarity. clarity. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 9. Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. Second Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 9. Father, we thank you for time in your presence. We pray that your word will bring transformation, that your word will be understood. And by this understanding, we will be winners in all that we do. We will be victorious in your ways, in Jesus' name. Amen. It says, say a second Corinthians, for to this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you whether ye be obedient in all things. Next verse, to whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it for your sakes, forgive I it in the person of Christ. Next verse. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of these devices. So the verse 3 is a continuation from, sorry, verse 11 is a continuation from the verse 9. Continuation from verse 9 and 10. But the emphasis in verse 9 and verse 10, we see that it has to do with forgiveness. Somebody say forgiveness. Or say better, say forgiveness. So... The absence of forgiveness is what we call unforgiveness, right? And unforgiveness is also an act of the flesh. Okay? It's an act of the flesh. The fruit of the spirit is love. Whenever you walk in love, you're exhibiting the fruit of the spirit. Kindness is one of them. But we see unforgiveness. Somebody say unforgiveness. Um, now, it doesn't look as if or as though the devil could make use of unforgiveness. It doesn't appear as that because at the end of the day, if I have a problem with somebody and I choose not to forgive them, how does the devil, how does the devil come in? So I want to talk about the devices the devices of the enemy. The devices of the enemy. So I was sharing this afternoon with them that you see, whenever the Bible talks about the devices of the enemy, we tend to confuse it with the agenda of the enemy. Are you here? So the agenda of the enemy or the goal of the enemy, the aim of the enemy, the purpose of the enemy is different from his devices. They are not the same thing. He has a goal. He has an aim. But he deploys a device to achieve that aim. Are you here? So he deploys a device. So let me show you something. Um, John chapter 10, verse 10. Look at this. We are not ignorant of his device. The thief cometh not but to what? Steal and to kill and to destroy. This thief being the devil. 
I am come that they might have life and that they might have it what more abundantly. So you see, there are two separate agendas in place here. One agenda, which is the second agenda, is the agenda of God. God's agenda. But the topmost one, even though there's a list, is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It's basically for destruction. So the topmost agenda is the devil's agenda. And the bottom agenda is God's agenda. So we see two different agendas in place. Two different agendas. But stealing is not a device. Neither is killing or destroying. That is the end of what he wants to do. He wants to eventually, by doing what he's doing, he wants to steal. Whether it is your purpose, your destiny, your life, whatever. Or he wants to kill. Or he wants to destroy. That is to shatter, to make useless off. Amen. It says, so the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So I'm going to say the agenda. So then after the agenda, there is the device. So the device is the tool purposely created, manufactured so that the agenda can work. You hear? But you see, the thing is that if you don't know the agenda, you won't understand the device. It works in terms of dealing with the devil and the same works with dealing with God. Because when you understand God's agenda and there are situations in your life, you can then understand that all things work together for my good. In other words, all of this will still fit into me having that abandoned life. But if you don't know the agenda, what will happen is that you miss it. If, if I give you a screwdriver, you may not know what it's meant for. So it's useless to you until you discover something it can be used for. But when you know what it can be used for, it becomes what? Useful to you. Amen. So when we're dealing with an enemy who has a plan, in order for us to understand the devices and the tricks that he plays on us, we must first of all know what the plan is. So, and his plan is to what? To steal, to kill, to destroy. And God's plan is for you and I to have life and have life what? More abundantly. Amen. Okay, Genesis chapter 3 verse 14 and 15. Genesis chapter 3 verse 14 and 15. We are still on the subject of making kings. I'm just trying to tie to this because I dealt with it today and I, I thought that it was quite interesting. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Now note this. Now we are only reading Genesis chapter 3 verse 14. Note this that God already has a mandate and an agenda for humankind. Bible says he created these things and he said man should have what? Dominion over the birds of the air, the fowls of the field, uh, and the fish in the sea and every moving thing that creepeth upon the earth. It is still part of God's agenda. That whole thing there, that agenda didn't change because man, man, man sinned. Are you here? But after man sinned, a new agenda was allowed in the earth, which is the enemy's agenda. Before, there was only one agenda that man will live with. You just, so the Bible talks about he does not desire that any, anyone should perish. Because it was never part of his plan that any of us should perish. It was never part of his plan that any of us should feel pain. But when man sinned, he permitted another plan to come. But he said, okay, if that's the case, then I will give you the power of choice. Somebody say the power of choice. Now, the way you live your life, the things you choose, the things you love, the action you take, the decisions you make, they determine which agenda you fall into. Amen? So, God no more forces anybody 
or imposes on anyone to choose his agenda. You see, Bible says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So there is life and there is death. Both are an agenda. Uh, he said, I recommend that you choose life. Because it's a recommendation. He, he's not imposing it upon you. But your lifestyle will determine which agenda is executed in your life. Amen. Your lifestyle will determine which agenda is executed in your life. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. And the Lord said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Verse 15. Verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Did you see that? Who, who, who set the conflict between the devil and us? Who did it? Oh, please answer it boldly. Who put the conflict between us and the devil? God. It's not even the devil. As for the devil, he would have wanted us to just be on his side. After he got Adam and Eve that one, I'm sure he wasn't expecting this. His plan was that if I've got them once, I should always have them. Then God comes and says that no, there will always be strife between man and the devil. Because my purpose for man is good and the devil's purpose for man is not good. Whenever man chooses God's purposes, he will always have to contend with the devil in order for God's purposes to be fulfilled. So he says, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head. Somebody say thy head. And thou shalt bruise one his heel. So God put that fight over there. So watch what happens. So now here comes the old serpent. Or here comes Satan who has been with God only God knows how long. This same devil has dealt with mankind. Note that we are only talking about mankind in terms of um, Adam and Eve. And I don't want to go into mysteries. But we are dealing with a devil who has been a trader and a merchant and has moved the whole earth and understands the thinking and the nature of the people of the earth. But the Bible calls him the ancient serpent. And the Bible even refers to him as wise. Okay? So imagine that we take Isaac right now and Floyd Mayweather shows up and we say that there will, and I, I make a pronouncement and I say, Isaac and Floyd Mayweather, there is enmity now between them. And as long as they live, Isaac and Floyd Mayweather will always fight one another. Do you know what that will mean? It means that I have doomed him. He's done. Huh? Uh, uh, who's the heavyweight champion now? Who, who's it? Let me just, let's pick somebody. Tyson Fury. So let's just say that we brought Tyson Fury and now there is enmity between Tyson Fury and Brother Isaac. So anytime they meet, there will be a fight. Are you getting what is going on here? Now, Tyson Fury is the devil. Huh? Isaac is the baby, baby Christian, baby believer. He has never been in a fight before. He has never beaten anybody before. That's why he just gets up, that's his own thing. And now, he's meeting somebody who has beaten all kinds of people. Has never lost a fight. He's going to meet him. Is that a fair battle? It's not. It will automatically mean that God has doomed Isaac. It's over. So, this went on for a while in the Old Testament. And every now and then in the Old Testament, we will realize that in order for men to defeat the devil, we will hear this. This is what you see in the Old Testament. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon. You see the mystery there? Because without the spirit of God coming upon, 
you are dealing with an experienced opponent. And you are done. So in order for God to equalize the playing field, he will say, and the Spirit of God came upon. And whenever the Spirit of God came upon, the man then outwitted the devil. Because you see, the thing is that, I, I, I said it here, the Spirit of God, or when we talk about the realm of the Spirit, as it pertains to God, it puts us in the future. So if I'm fighting Tyson Fury, it means that if I'm in the future, I have gone three seconds ahead of him and I've noticed that his next punch is a right hand uppercut. So when I come back, three seconds back, while he's throwing that right hand uppercut, I know which way to. Because what? I have gone ahead to see where the punch is supposed to land. So that is the advantage that God gives the believer over the enemy. Or can you put your hands together for the Lord that you have an advantage? So you and I, we are not operating from the past, nor are we even operating in the present. We are operating from the future. That is the mystery of how we win this battle over the enemy. He said, his seed, her seed will bruise thy head and you shall bruise his heel. Amen. So the enmity was put there by God. The warfare was put there by God. Now notice this. God says that you will fight with the devil. The devil has experience on his side. He's been in that situation before. Um, he's conquered many people and he's coming against you. So what you need is the Holy Ghost. So let's then describe the Holy Ghost. When the boxers are coming in, they describe how many fights they have won, how many draws they've had, how many knockouts, how many losses, right? So they say from the red corner, we have Satan. Never lost a fight. Won all his fights by knockout and technical knockout. 50 of his opponents have died. Uh, 60 have, are still in a coma and have not recovered. The rest are unaccounted for. And in the blue corner, we have Sister Emerald. Ah, first fight. It's not even, <laughs> it didn't even come from amateur. Uh, and you see, when they call the human being, there is no record. But here is the mystery. Behind that human being is a personality if that human allows giving moment by moment direction and instruction. Remember we talked about being edified. That personality giving moment by moment direction and instruction who has a record greater than the devil? So when we talk about living your life under the influence of the Holy Ghost, it may sound as though, you know, this thing, I don't understand it and why do I need it and other people are living their lives and they don't need this and they don't need that. But if you know and you are aware that you are in a constant battle with an experienced fighter, it's not something you take for granted. Are you here? You are not just fighting another human being. And the, 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 the sad thing about fighting the devil is this. You see, when you're human, it's easy to fight another human being sometimes because you know other human beings. Not all. You know some human beings, right? Or you know some types of human beings. But you are dealing with a devil who knows every type of human being because he's dealt with all types before. So it's very likely he knows your type. He knows how this type fights. Huh? So he knows that this type, if you want to have power over them, just manipulate their finances more. They won't tithe anymore. He, he's done it before, so he knows it works. And, and, and so he will 
place on trial and error on you based on what he has seen work in other people's life. He will say, okay, let me try that. That one worked with that guy. It might work with him. So you see, when God brought up the issue of Job, the devil made a statement. He said, skin for skin, a man, eh? A man, there is no way a man will give up his own flesh. Just, no, 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 it won't happen. He said, I believe that there is something I can do to get this guy to curse you. I believe it. Do you know why? Because he had done it with other people and had work. So he was speaking from a place of experience. The only thing that defeats experience is the spirit of God. It's the only thing. The only thing that is better than experience is the spirit of the God, the Holy Ghost. And what we have is not something that we must take for granted. So we have in the blue corner Emerald who is fighting her first bout. Uh, just suddenly showed up. And she's fighting this fight because some lights came on her and the devil just decided to fight her. Not even because she has chosen to. And this type of fight, eh, you don't fight it because you want to. As soon as they call your name, I want to fight, you are in it. So there is nothing like, I don't want to fight it or I have an injury. <laughs> Forget it. Is <laughs> somebody here, you don't get away with, I have an injury. My eye, my nose. You don't, it, the devil don't care. You are in a fight as soon as your name is called. Praise the Lord. And, and when we call the fight, even God himself, unfortunately, God himself cannot stop the fight. Because he has ordained it in his word to be so. He himself cannot stop the fight. So the only thing he can do is back you to win. Amen. So let me tell you this. You are in a fight. Oh. Every single day, every decision you make is a fight. You know, in a charismatic church, we become very used to fighting that fight with words. I bind you. I you see, if the devil could be bound just like that, eh, he would have been bound a long time ago because there, are, there were purer Christians than us. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And I, and I keep saying that, that the, word, the words we use, binding and loosing, they are not to tie with ropes. They mean to allow or disallow or permit or not to permit. So when we say, I bound the devil. We say it in words as though you are tying some witch down or you are tying some... That's, you can't just say words. If you are binding the devil, that means that you are also not giving him occasion. So he's bound. Are you here? If I come and I provoke you or I incite you because I want to do something to you and you don't respond to the incitement, you know what you've done? You've bound me. That means you've made me unable to proceed. So to bind the devil means to make him unable to proceed in his agenda about you. Is somebody here? So to lose also means to allow to proceed the agenda about you. So it's not about taking ropes or chain. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that. And all of that happens by lifestyle. It happens by decisions. And it happens by choices. The warfare of the spirit is not merely a warfare of words. But it's a warfare of words that are spoken to stir yourself up into action by the same words you are speaking. So if action don't follow your words, you've lost. That's why you can't just say, you can't just say, I believe in Jesus. You can't, I believe. When, if you say it, you must confirm it. The word believe, it means it is a man in the Hebrew. And that a man also means to affirm or confirm. So to say a thing and not live a life that confirms it is an error. 
it makes you a liar. After tonight, you shall not be a liar. I said, you shall not be a liar. You will confirm what you speak by your actions in the name of Jesus. So we understand that it is God that puts the battle there. As for the devil, he would have wanted to win without a battle. He would have wanted to just come in, plunder us and go. But God said, no, no, you can't have it free like that. You have to fight. And he said, okay, since the fight is an unfair fight, they will fight, but I will help them fight. Look at somebody and tell them God is helping you fight. Or is somebody here? So the Bible said the other day, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, you know what the Bible is saying? He said, if the same spirit that was in Christ when he lived on earth, earth was not a problem. Some of us think that the greatest tragedy to have happened to Christ was on earth. It wasn't. I can't remember the scripture. Perhaps next week I'll give it to you. But the greatest strategy, tragedy that Christ suffered was when he died and he went into Hades. That was the most agonizing experience. So what, he did, what happened to him here was not the worst pain he could have gone through. But what happened to him that was worse than here was when he was underneath the earth there and he was fighting to come back to life. Say that again. Yeah. So, he was struggling with forces of darkness. So, you, you are dealing with sexual immorality. And the sexual immorality you are dealing with, you are dealing with the baby demon that stirs up the sexual immorality. And then he goes to the headquarters of sexual immorality to deal with their master spirit. Are you here? You are dealing with some emotional what? You are dealing with depression because some baby demon has been assigned to just trouble you mentally and make you feel depressed. And Jesus Christ went there and you see, in order for him to come out of the dead, it means he had to defeat every single master spirit that affects human beings while here on earth. And he dealt with all of them. Can you imagine the pain? Within three days, he had conquered them before he could come to life. And then the Bible says, so if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, why did he need the spirit to come out of the dead? It means it's not a joke. If it was easy as just dying and just coming back because Jesus, because God has said, oh, when he dies, he he wouldn't need the spirit. It would have just happened. But he died. And the spirit needed to be alive in him while he was yet dead for him to come alive. Then he says, if that spirit is in you, he says, it will now quicken your mortal body. What is the meaning of quicken? Huh? To make alive, energize, to stir up. So you see the words you are using. So it means that that spirit becomes your driving force. That spirit becomes the energy with which you do things. If the same spirit that was in Christ Jesus, when he went into the earth, he fought all entities, came back into the earth realm alive, after three days is in you, it will make you begin to operate like you are not a human being. Is somebody here? Because until you can operate as though you were not a human being, there is no way you are going to win that fight in Genesis 3.15. <laughs> because you are dealing with a spirit who has been around for a long time. So until you can operate like a spirit, you cannot contend with another spirit and win. After tonight, when you contend, may you win. Or may you win. When they call your name for that fight, may you not run away, but may you win. Your amen is weak. May you win that battle. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So this whole battle is surrounding what? Decisions and choices. That's all. 
the, the, when we talk about spiritual warfare, it is more psychological. What, what, there is a dimension of um, the mind and even the body that goes into spiritual warfare. You know what? Even giving is a spiritual warfare. Right? Because in order to give, you have to first of all wrestle with what you have left behind and whether or not it will meet your needs. And then you have to conquer that warfare, win the warfare in a manner that tells you that, you know what, I can still give and live. That decision has to become a conviction before you give. What, what happens is that because the Holy Spirit is helping us, we don't go through that whole process with our own awareness. So it makes it, oh me, I'm a giver. You are not the giver. You have a spirit that is making you do it. But because it's making it feel easy, let the Holy Ghost leave you right now. You will see. Huh? Oh me, I love people. Who told you you love people? Bible says in the last day, men shall become lovers of themselves. Huh? It is the spirit. Because the spirit is at work, at work in you. You are not operating in this self-awareness anymore, but you are operating with spirit awareness. Somebody say, I am spirit aware. Or somebody say, I am spirit aware. Say it again. Say, I am spirit aware. In the name of Jesus. So, the device of the devil. So, we understand that when somebody deploys a device, it means, number one, they have what? An agenda. Say agenda. So, when you have the agenda in perspective, you can expose or what you call uncover the device. Do you get it? You see, if you walk into a room and you don't feel like anybody is after your life, you see, when you walk into a room and you see an object, you see an electrical device, you can go to bed and it can be beeping and flashing a little light and you don't have a problem, right? Because to you, well, nobody's after me. Nobody's... <laughs> who, who's looking for me to plant a bomb in my room? You see, because you don't see that agenda, that device you see on a table or under a table, it doesn't bring anything into perspective. But when you become the president of America and you walk into a room and you locate a device with a beeping red light, your whole perspective has changed. Because now you know that there are people after your life. So you see a device and you expose it for the device it is. Because you, know, you, you now know an agenda that is after your life. So based on the agenda you are aware of, you are able to uncover a device. But if you don't see the agenda... You walk right into it. And that's why the Bible says that for lack of knowledge, my people do what? Perish. Because they have failed to understand that there is a devil that is looking for them. So they see the weapon all the time. Unforgiveness. 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 It will explode. It's just a matter of time. But they've forgotten that it's the work of the devil. That's why the Bible says that we do not war against flesh and blood, but against principality. The unforgiveness is about another human being, isn't it? But he's saying that by reason of that unforgiveness, you ought you don't realize it that that act of unforgiveness is a device that the enemy has deployed to have advantage over you. The device you need to disadvantage the enemy is forgiveness. You don't see it because for you, you are dealing with another human being and you have failed to understand that even though your dealings are in the flesh, they have a spiritual dimension. Everything we do has a spiritual dimension. And that battle is always over decisions and choices. Tonight, I pray that the Holy Spirit will help you in your decision making. I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will help you to make the right decisions. In the name of Jesus. Proverbs 14 verse 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is war, destruction. But you see, when this man has the Spirit of the Lord, it's not every way that seems right to him. Are you here? When a man has the spirit of the Lord and they have gone ahead of time, if you've gone ahead of time, 
and you're, everybody's walking this way. Right? Having gone ahead of time means that you've walked this way before. So when you decide not to walk this way, they may not understand why you've decided not to walk. Even you in your flesh may not understand because a lot of these things, we merely perceive them. It is either comfortable or discomfortable, uncomfortable in our spirits, like in your belly. I don't know why I'm struggling with this thing. It, it, it hardly ever comes as a clear-cut direction. Usually, it's just a little bit of a challenge. I'm struggling to do this thing. I don't know why today I'm feeling this way. That's how it normally comes to you. But what it is, is that your spirit man had been there and had seen what happened and is now informing you that don't go there because this is what will happen. But our inability to discern and the fact that we are forgotten that we are in a battle makes us walk into destruction. He says, the, 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 there is a way that seems right unto a man but the end thereof is the ways of death. We declare that we will not die. We declare that we will live in the mighty name of Jesus. First John chapter 5 verse 18. Now this is a very, very, very interesting scripture. And it debunks a lot of arguments that people make over all kinds of things. It says, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God does what? Keepeth one. And that wicked one cannot. You see that? He that is born of God does what? Keepeth himself. It means you encapsulate yourself with a form of divine protection. You know, um, what is it called? Um, 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 the, um, the medicines that are, we put in the capsule. See how we close them? Close them in. That's what you do for yourself. You become enclosed in an atmosphere where he, he's fighting you, but he cannot touch you. He will come against you, but he cannot touch you. Anyone here who the enemy has marked to devour, May you escape in the name of Jesus. He says, he, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself and the wicked one toucheth him not. The Bible also says that he that is born of the spirit does not sin. Amen. Let's take another scripture. Luke chapter 22 from verse 31. Luke 22, 31. We're talking about a device. We're resting on a device. And I'm saying that you can uncover the device when you have the agenda in perspective. Hmm? If the agenda is not in perspective, if you don't see the agenda, it is very hard or difficult to tell whether that is a device. Amen? When you see a gun, what, what, what comes to your mind? Yes. Because you are aware that guns kill. So that agenda is in perspective. That's what you know what a gun is for. But if you've never seen a movie where people have been shot, you've never seen any, you've never seen a gun put to use. When you see a gun, you think it's a plaything. And you may end up shooting yourself because you did not understand that it's an instrument that brings what? Death. But immediately you know, or you have at the back of your mind that guns cause death. When you encounter one, you are careful. Amen? So, having the agenda in perspective will help you to uncover the devices of the enemy. So, you have to know the enemy's agenda. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desired to have you that he may sift you as... So, you see, there was an agenda against Simon or Peter. Agenda. Somebody say agenda. So look at the next verse. But I have prayed for thee. I don't know why Jesus didn't just rebuke the devil. I don't know why he didn't just say to the devil, hey, you can't have Peter, go away. No, no, he didn't do that. Because 
like Papa likes to say, there are rules of engagement. He could not do that. Because per rules of engagement, Peter's lifestyle would determine which agenda he fell into, like I was saying. So he said, my prayer for you is that you will make the right decisions. Because if you make the right decisions, then this agenda he has will come to naught. I pray for you that every agenda the enemy has concerning you, that it will come to naught. I pray for you that any plan the enemy has made concerning you, your future, your relationships, tonight in the name of Jesus, that by the help of the Holy Ghost, you will receive this intelligence, you will receive this instruction that brings his agenda to naught. Somebody shout aloud, amen. amen. So he said, Peter, the guy, he wants your life. The guy wants your marriage. The guy wants your finances. The guy wants this. He wants that. But I'm not telling him he can't have it. In other words, he could still have it. But it's all dependent on you. So here is my prayer for you, Peter. I'm not praying a prayer that you will never encounter him. I can't stop the fight. He has already won. Made a demand. You see what I was telling you in the beginning? This fight, when they call your name, you can't say I have a broken knee. You have to fight it. So, you, listen, that's why you cannot afford to be timid. You know, me, I have a big problem with timidity. You cannot afford to be what? Timid. Because he likes you like that. Some of us, by the time he stares at us, he has broken us before we enter the ring. That's why boxers stare at each other. They will stare in one another's eyes with the hope that one will break the stare. And the one that normally breaks the stare is the one that may lose the fight. Because when they broke the stem, something in them shook. I pray that nothing in you will shake. Yeah. Oh, you didn't hear me? I said, I pray that nothing in you will shake. Yeah. Huh? In the mighty name of Jesus, you will not shake emotionally. Yeah. You will not shake financially. You will not shake socially. You will not shake mentally. You will not shake spiritually. In the name of Jesus. So the devil is eyeing some people. You can't get away with an excuse. You have to fight. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, there is no excuse that can get you out of this fight. You have to fight. But know this. Oh, somebody say, know this. You have the Holy Spirit who's helping you. In Jesus' name. Amen. He says, but I have prayed for you, for thee. Now watch this very, very carefully. That thy faith, do what? Thy faith, this faith that you have been, there is a type of faith that exists when you haven't had a struggle. You hear that? <laughs> there is a type of faith that you can have when nothing has ever slapped you in the face before. He, Jesus was saying, I pray that that faith you have because nothing has ever happened that you will keep it when something happens. Ah. Are you here? A, a lot of us, we have faith. Huh? We have faith. Huh? People have faith. But you know what? They've never been hungry before. Huh? They have faith, but they've never gone without money for one week before. He said, that same faith you have because every day you get some money in your pocket. I pray that the day you don't get money in your pocket, you have that same faith. <laughs> so, watch this. When you study the Bible, try to take, don't just read verses, try to read multiple verses. You know, make sure that you can grab a context by the time you finish reading it. So, watch what he's saying. It's, but I have prayed for thee that the first thing he mentions is your faith. But watch what he says next. That challenges me. This is what makes me go back to what I read before. He says that and when thou art ah, 
So which faith was he talking about before? If the guy wasn't a convert. So the guy was working with Jesus, but he wasn't converted. So Jesus. Huh? It means that you haven't been tested to the place where this thing you claim to believe has become a conviction. So I pray for you that the faith you have because nothing. Remember when, when, when they came to him and they said, John the Baptist's disciples, they fast. Your, 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 your disciples, they don't fast. Then Jesus said what? Uh, they don't need to fast as long as I'm with them, right? So they <laughs> there is a faith they have because I'm right here. But I pray that they will be able to have that same faith when I'm gone. So he said, when I'm gone, then they will need to fast. Because when I'm gone, the whole story changes. Now they need to have strong faith because, you see, they have to trust in what they are not seeing anymore. Before they could trust because they are seeing. If somebody chases them, all they have to do is run to Jesus. But this time around, when Jesus is gone, Somebody says you run and car anymore. Where are you going? Because the thing you are going to, it doesn't exist in human form. It doesn't exist physically for you to be able to pinpoint and locate it. That oh, I'm going to run as soon as I get to the blue curtain. There, I'll be okay. Oh boy. Because you don't know whether it's at the blue curtain or it's at Akramo. So what? You need to be ready to keep running. You need that faith that makes you run without stopping. And you don't know where he is. And he's just going to show up and pick you up and say, okay, he's the one who's going to tell you now I have rescued you. You are not able to see where he is for you to go to. That's why we have the word seeking him, seeking him, seeking him. You know what seeking is? Seek and you shall do what? Fine. What is seeking? Huh? It means you said if you knew where the thing was, you would not be seeking it. Huh? If you know where a thing is, you don't seek for it. You just go to it. But now we have to what? See. So he said, I pray for you that that original faith, that faith you had when you could see me, you will have that same faith when you can't see me. I pray that that will be your faith in the name of Jesus. So he says, when thou art what? converted when there is a transformation of mind when what you claim to believe has genuinely become what you actually believe and your mindset has actually reformed by reason of the experiences you have had when that has happened to you strengthen what thy brethren you to be there for somebody be there for somebody. I pray that you will have the strength that transcends personal use. Ah, may you have that faith that goes beyond personal use. Oh my God. There is a faith that is for personal use. Oh. It doesn't go beyond you. You keep it at home. You keep it with you. And there is a faith that goes beyond you. I pray that you will have the faith that goes beyond you. I pray that you will have the faith that helps others. I pray that you will have the faith that first delivers you and delivers others. I pray that you will have the faith that first helps you and then helps others. I pray that you will have the faith that walks you through the storm. That you may walk and guide others through the storm. Let that faith come upon you in the name of Jesus. Receive that faith now. Receive that faith. He says, I pray for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren also. So your faith will not fail. But also, you have to what? Be converted. But let's go back to the beginning and I'll end there. This whole statement Jesus is making is founded on one thing and one thing alone. Satan has done what? Acts of you. With an agenda to do what? sift you like wheat. So this whole thing about maintaining your faith and being converted, it has to do with a weapon or an empowerment that disallows the devil from being able to fulfill his agenda. Now watch this. 
Jesus is saying to Peter that this is not a work I am going to do for you. Do you see that there? He said, me, I can pray for you to be in position and for you to have what it takes, that feeling, that emotion, whatever it is you need to have to maintain your faith and to be converted. I, I, I am praying for you to have it, but I cannot impose the faith on you. I cannot impose the conversion on you. That one, you have to do it. He said, and if you don't do it, then know this one thing. He will sift you like wheat. Because the reason why he was saying that he should do all this is because Satan had asked to do what? Sift him like wheat. So what then is the devil's device to prevent us from being converted? Huh? He will prevent you and I from what? Having a change of mindset. A change of heart. He wants you to live by a standard in the world. Something the world says works. Uh, uh, so that he can have the advantage. He, he, will, he would want to take away the little faith you have. Because God has shown you some things. He wants that. Unforgiveness. Is an act of faithlessness. You know what that means? Because you can't trust God to handle the matter. That's why you can't let it go. Bitterness. It's amazing when we as Christians think that we have faith. But there are so many things in our life that are faithless. Huh? Paul prayed a prayer. I said, deliver us from wicked and unreasonable men who have what? Because if they had faith, even if we wronged them, they would have left the matter to God for God to resolve. Because they don't have faith, they are ruthless. As for them, they don't believe anybody is fighting with them so whatever they have to do to get back at you, they will do it because they don't have what? Faith. Ruthlessness is faithlessness. Violence against another person is faithlessness. Unforgiveness is faithlessness. Stinginess is faithlessness because I don't, be, I, I, I don't trust that God. Charlie, if I give you this one, I don't know how God is going to... Because you don't trust God. Ah. Backstabbing is faithlessness. Betraying another person is faithlessness. Sexual immorality is faithlessness. You don't have faith that you have the spirit to sit on the feeling. You don't trust God. It's all faithlessness. Every act of sin is what? Faithlessness. And that's why the Bible says anything done outside of faith is a sin. Can you put it on the scriptures? Put it on the screen. Find it and put it on the screen. Everything that is done outside of faith is what? Can you imagine that? So we sin whenever we've lost faith. So the device of the enemy, you think that the device is not the money he has come for. That is the agenda. But how does he execute that agenda? He makes you faithless. By your faithlessness, you don't give, you don't tithe anymore because you are afraid or you've lost confidence in the fact that it is God that gives you the power to make wealth. So his device has now succeeded. Now his agenda is about to take place, which is to make you poor. But how did he achieve the agenda? By deploying a device, make you faithless in giving. You feel like, oh, but... Other people don't tighten, they are okay. In other words, so this money thing it has nothing to do with God. Why should I use tithing and give it to try to get money or to try to be wealthy if other people don't do it? That's a device. But the whole agenda this whole time was to deny you from getting to that place of prosperity. But when you have in mind and in your heart or you've seen the agenda of the enemy that he comes to deny us this thing. When the provocation comes for you to stop tithing, you don't stop tithing because you know that the enemy is on a mission deploying his device. Are you here? When the, the provocation comes, I, I'm not going to church anymore. You know that the enemy is deploying his device. Perhaps there is something for me in that service today. When you have the agenda in perspective, you are able to uncover the device. Are you here? 
Oh, I, 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 this whole year I've gone to church. Is it only today? But, 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 but watch this. It's all a device. Because the wisest man to have ever lived, Solomon said, you know what? So that in the morning, so thy seed. In the evening, do not withhold thy hand. You know what it means? Working, work when it is working hours. And when it is not working hours, and you can still work, still work. <laughs> huh? Because you do not know which one of your working times your employer huh, will see your worth and your value. You don't know. But you know what? Funny enough, usually it's the after work one. Because anybody can work for their pay. But when it comes with inputting in the extra, that one becomes what? A problem. I pray that you will not have a problem with putting in extra. Oh, I thought your amen is weak. I pray that you will have no problems with putting in your extra. I pray that you will not have a problem with putting in your evening seed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Look at somebody and tell them, have the agenda in perspective. And you will know when a device is at work. Amen. One more time, tell them, have the agenda in perspective. And you will know when a device is at work. Amen. In the same way, when you know God loves you and he wants the best for you, huh? there are certain relationships when he's cutting them off, you will allow them to go. Because you realize, you know what? By putting God's agenda for my life in perspective, I realize that this type of relationship is unfavorable to that agenda. So I'm going to let it go. So both with God and with the devil, you need to have the agenda in perspective. God sent his son. Jesus said, I have come that you might have what? Life and have it more abundantly. And all things work together for those, for good, for those who are called according to what? His purposes. So that's one. But the devil also comes to what? Seal, kill, and destroy. All of it, it involves the use of a device. On one side, abandoned life comes. The device is simply the Holy Spirit. Amen? On the other side, there is stealing, there is killing, there is distraction. And the device is the works of the flesh. So every work of the flesh is a device that the enemy can deploy. Either to steal, to kill, or to destroy. Every work of the flesh. So maybe next week we'll go into the works of the flesh. Every work of the flesh is a device the enemy can deploy to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And every fruit of the spirit is a device the believer can deploy to have life and have it what more abundantly. Put your hands together for the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Are you doing it for Jesus? Put it together for the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's stand, let's stand. Let's give glory to God. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Make you stronger than your enemies. In the mighty name of Jesus. And indeed, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelleth in us, it is written, it shall quicken our mortal bodies. Therefore, we receive that supernatural quickening that enables us to live and operate in the earth realm as though we were supernatural beings. And we are because we have the Spirit of God. Father, take your place and have your way. Do what only you can do and do what is evidently you. Let no man, let no one, let nobody get the glory about you in Jesus mighty name we declare that from now till Sunday Friday, Sunday and even next week to the birthday of the Archbishop we are exempt from every demand and agenda of the enemy we declare that destinies that have been misaligned will be corrected and restored in the mighty name of Jesus and anywhere we have gone astray Father by your mercy bring us back let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Next Generation Church Broadcast. 
We pray that this word you've received will bless you, increase your faith in God, and enhance your spiritual growth. We encourage you not only to subscribe to this podcast, but to subscribe to our YouTube channel at NextGen Church. We would also like to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Church with NXG. God bless you. If you said we believe in-